You're listening to MND Matters, a podcast from the MND Association. Welcome to MD Matters, brought to you by the MD Association. Alongside members of the MD community, we bring stories, information, and expertise direct to your ears. Remember to subscribe to ensure you don't miss an episode. Hi, I'm Helen, and I'm a regional fundraiser at the MD Association. I'm delighted to introduce today's guests, who in this episode will be chatting to you all about the importance of friendship when you are living with or affected by an MND diagnosis. Jenny was diagnosed with MND in September 2021, and today she is here to kindly chat with us along with her three friends, Amanda, Natalie and Justine. These four guests have been friends for more than three decades. Hello, ladies, and thank you so much for joining us today. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. It's it's incredible friendship for for over three decades. Um, I wonder if I can start um, with Jenny, and can you um, tell us how you all met? Um, In different ways, for all three. So starting with the first friend that I met is Amanda. And um, believe it or not, I met Amanda at primary school. So we were in nursery class together. Um, and we were in the same primary school and then went to different middle schools, but then sort of re-met again in our upper school. And um, sort of matured together. I met my ex-husband on a blind date arranged by Amanda and her boyfriend. Um, and our children are sort of similar ages, so we've known each other a long time. Then I met Natalie when I was nine at my middle school and um, friendly the whole way through middle and senior school. And obviously as adults, we share adults of experiences and being mums and also getting drunk and all the things you do as teenagers, telling our mums we were each other's houses on sleepovers when really we were going out and doing things teenagers do. And um, Justine, I met when I was 15 or 16, I think. And I met her because I was going out of her brother. No, we met on the beach in Clacton. <laughs> Did we? <laughs> yeah, we were on that Jolly Boys outing. That's oh, the first what? time I met you and Natalie. <laughs> but yeah, so we met around that time. So coming up to our 50s now, mm. we've known each other for a very long time. Wow, I, I bet there are so many stories. Yeah. <laughs> Between you all. Maybe girls, we won't be talking about today. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, Jenny, you, you were diagnosed with MND um, only recently in September 2021. Would you mind sharing with us all about when you first realised that something might be wrong? Um, well, my job is a lecturer, so I hear my voice all the time. Um, uh, and during lockdown, because we weren't obviously face-to-face with students, we had to record welcome messages to university and 
So it was in about end of May, beginning of June, after the academic year had finished, and I was preparing for the new year students to arrive. And I recorded a welcome message on a PowerPoint. And when I listened back to it, I just thought, that doesn't sound like me. I wasn't pronouncing my surname properly. Starkey, um, obviously as an ST letter blend, and that was the first letter blend that I couldn't pronounce. And I teach psychology and research. And when you teach research, you say the word statistics a lot. So that was an issue for me. Um, so that was the start of it. But um, I didn't really think it was anything massive. Went to the doctor, they said I had low iron, gave me a course of iron. And it sort of just went on from there. It took about, well, that was June 2020, and I was diagnosed September 2021. And obviously, during that time period, my symptoms progressed. So as you were meeting up as friends during that period, Natalie, Amanda and Justine, did you notice any changes in Jenny? I I, I didn't really. I don't. And, and it was another friend that picked up on it that's not on the group chat. Yeah. But a, a lot of the time we were on doing the technology. So even if we had sort of slightly heard it, we might have just put it down to technology. I, I, I honestly didn't. Nice. Yes, because we we obviously because it was lockdown, we didn't really see each other that much. We did Zoom quizzes, didn't we? Yeah. As a group of friends. And I must admit, there were so many people talking over each other. Yeah. I thought we'd have even picked yeah. up on it. And we we're a bit tipsy. Yeah, so we did them on Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> it was the competitiveness of the quiz. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Man. Once you mentioned your speech. I then did notice it yeah. and I noticed that it wasn't getting better because you did say I'm hoping it's because I'm tired mm. but then I think you broke up for the summer and you said it's still happening mm. and I'm well rested so clearly it was something more. Yeah. And I obviously because I'm long distance it was a phone conversation where I first noticed it. Jen had said to me, and I was like, hmm. And then after a while speaking to her, I was like, oh, yeah, Jen, I do notice it's you, you don't sound like yourself. You do sound mm. a bit, you know, but you sound like you've had a drink. That's how I. Yeah. So it was slurring. Slurry. Yeah, because, Justine, you're, you're actually um, in Dubai um, mm -hmm. at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Recording this I podcast. I've always lived away. I, I live, you know, I live in Aberdeen as a rule. You know, I've lived in Aberdeen for the past 30 years and now I live here. So. So just in kind of getting getting that news that your friend has has M&D, how how did that make you feel being so far away? Well, obviously, the first thing I did when I got the message through, because what happened was we were all going to do a Zoom. And I think Kerry and I couldn't make the Zoom. I think Jenny and Natalie and Amanda, Trina, were all going to get together one night, I think, if I recollect correctly. Mm -hmm. um, and Jenny was like, oh, you're all going to come on a Zoom. And I was like, oh, I can't manage it because I've got to get up early tomorrow, um, blah, blah, blah. And then obviously got the message through and it's it was just it was just like I'd hit been hit by a bus, basically, hit by a truck, you know, my friend for so long, grown up together, you know, with 
uh, teenage years and done silly things, been at each other's weddings, children, you know, everything together to face that, you know, she's been dealt such a crushing blow was just awful. And the first thing I did was phone her and I couldn't speak because I was crying too much and I felt terrible and after that. Oh, I mean, Jenny, sharing sharing your diagnosis with people must have been extremely hard. How did you find the way to tell your friends? There's seven of us in the group. So, and we don't all live, um, most of us live mm. close, but there's obviously Justin in Aberdeen or Dubai, depending where she is, and um, Trina in Swindon, another friend. So we have to sort of, if we do all get together, it's kind of a big event. Um, although we've got WhatsApp chat, which sort of compensates, mm. actually seeing each other together, it, it, we have to really arrange it. So I knew I'd had this diagnosis and I knew I wanted to tell everybody, but at the same time, because I didn't want to tell one friend and then they felt it had to be mm. a secret. And so um, we were getting together, like the local ones of us, and um, I tried to sort of arrange that we catch up on Zoom, but it didn't work. So in the end, I had to send it in a WhatsApp message, which was not ideal. Um, and I did feel bad doing it, but I wanted everybody to know at the same time. I think there was possibly only one of my friends that mentioned MND to me. She's not here. I'm called Kerry. We both sort of went, oh, no, it won't be that. And, so, you know, it only been be mentioned very briefly. So I should imagine for everybody it was a big shock. It was a massive shock. Yeah. Massive, massive. I think what happened was all the tests that you were going through, which is, you know, we've obviously read up about it and we know now all the tests that Jenny was going through were all coming back negative. So we were all thinking, yes, this is great. There's not a yeah. brain tumour. There's not this. There's not that. It lulls you into a false sense of security because I thought, because everything was coming back negative, that she was going to be fine. And then you get that. And it's mm. then you realise that when everything comes back negative, that's what it is. And me, I remember thinking it might be something muscular. And I thought, well, they'll give her something, whether it's medication or, you know, exercises. It never even crossed my mind. And I was at school. I work in a school a couple of days a week and I was on my tea break in the staff room. And I read it and just burst into tears. Um, and I remember now the, the shock and uh, I've got a friend who actually holds a fundraiser every year for MND. So I knew exactly what it means and what it meant. I think when we all read that message, all of our hearts really broke that, that day. Yeah. Natalie, how, how, did, you, how did you feel? <sighs> It was on the group chat and, and I think everyone can vouch. It's a very busy group chat. So when you're working in the day, you don't always keep on top of it. So I was about an hour late to the message and you're just scrolling through all these messages. And I just saw the three letters jump out. And, and I think it was just like a brick. And a bit like Justine, I phoned her straight away without thinking and started crying. And then you sort of feel guilty because it's all about your emotions. But um so yeah I was very very shocked and then I don't know about the others but it's a silly thing to say but 
I felt guilty. I felt guilty mm. that that sh she'd led this sort of healthy life. And Jenny will be the first to say she has one or two glasses of wine. And I was the party girl. I was probably the girl that didn't lead the healthy life that literally had to be carried out of the nightclub. Just that side of things, you know, you just sort of think, you sort of think, how, how can someone who's, yeah, doesn't drink loads, so who's, who does go to the gym every day, how can this be happening to someone who's a picture of health? You know, it really, you start thinking down that line. But I think, I mean, the, the overwhelming thing for me, having met you all to, to record this podcast, is how much love there is between you. Yeah. And, and that comes from the years and years that you've spent being being friends um but I think clearly from from what I'm I'm hearing is it's it's strengthened between you all now um and it's it's amazing to see how much love there is um for Jenny but for each other um and supporting each other through this so I wonder um if if any any of you feel like that you can pinpoint ways in which maybe your friendship has changed since getting um Jenny's diagnosis I think it's easy before yeah. to say oh, I've got to do this I've got to do that and I think you sort of make a bit more of a concerted effort now don't I don't know if the others would agree I think at first for me it was like I didn't know how to speak to Jen because it was all over the phone or it was it was text messages and I couldn't read her like I can usually read Jenny I know if, if I know if Jenny's in a bad mood from her text message you know, I can tell we've been friends and I know she's, you know, harassed or she's got something and I'll message her straight away and say, right, what's up, blah, blah, blah. We, we I can tell because we've been friends that long and it was, I couldn't read it and I couldn't read her at first and I was trying to give words of encouragement, but how do you give words of encouragement for this diagnosis? And it, at first I sort of struggled with how I was going to speak to Jen, what I was going to say to her. She, I mean, she knows this. And then when we met up in November, it was kind of like that was the time and I thought oh she's still Jen she's still you know we, you know I still had a laugh I think all of her she was doing some tests and she got high marks and I says trust you to score high on a test Do you know what I mean that's just and she just burst out laughing you know so that was her sense of humor was still there even though she was breaking inside and you could see it on her and I knew then when I came glad I flew in I flew in from Dubai for literally two days three days to see her and I'm glad I did because that was to me that I knew she was still the same person just with this crushing diagnosis. And I think as well, rallying around and helping, Jenny will admit now she's in obviously a much better place than obviously initially. And, and the fundraising is helping because it's given her something to focus on. So just by supporting her and helping with the fundraising. And I just think, yeah, we were just in shock for a, for a, a period of time. And then in November, we all went, we all met up for your birthday and we went to Luton Who for afternoon tea and we just had such a laugh. We were all together. It's a it was, it's always a real treat when we all get together. But it was just like, whenever we meet up, it's like we could have met up last week, mm -hmm. even if it's been like six months. We never run out of things to say. We've all been away with each other. We're all really, really good friends. And we just always have such a good time together. I, and think, I, think, I think that sort of reinforced that, yeah, we am the same, Jen. Yeah, 
Um, and I don't mind what questions you ask me or if you say something that might be slightly inappropriate, like by mistake, it doesn't matter because I'm still the same Jen mm. that laughs at myself. Um, you know, so it, I think probably, I don't know, I might be talking for you, but you were worried that you say the wrong thing. But for me, my experience has been a lot of people haven't said a damn word because they're, um, well, they don't know, oh, they don't know what to say, they're scared to say the wrong thing. So I appreciate any conversation about MD because I really know how hard it is for that person to bring it up. Obviously, my close friends I haven't had that problem with, but I know they have struggled as in mm. saying the right thing. Jenny, do you mind kind of uh, kind of giving us uh, an idea of what it means to have uh, these incredible ladies by your side um, and what, what's helped you through that diagnosis um, because of their friendship? I think I probably um, uh, put it in words before, but I don't think I've ever said it. Um, I think friendship is so important because we're all different things in our lives aren't we so we're either a mom a daughter a wife um a work colleague um and when you're like in those roles there's expectations isn't there but when you're with a friend you're just you so there aren't really any sort of roles or expectations you need to meet i mean in our group, we kind of all got things that we are in the group. We're pieces of the puzzle and we all fit together to make a whole. So um, there's a particular thing we can always learn to sort of put our foot in it and say <laughs> something that's maybe no not the up. best thing to say. <laughs> and um, uh, We've all got nicknames for each other, but it doesn't matter what we do or what we say because there aren't really any expectations. And I think that really has helped me with my M&D because obviously the diagnosis is about me, but it affects my role in people's lives. It affects me being a mum, it affects me being a work colleague, it affects me being a, a partner to my, to my partner, it affects me being a daughter to my mum. But when I'm with my friends, I'm just me. I think the the diagnosis of MND, the the ripples of effects are so far reaching. There is not one part of Jenny's life that won't be affected mm. by her diagnosis. And I think I'll probably speak for all of us when we say, in a way, Jenny's diagnosis won't matter to us we will always be here for her and her children and for each other as well because like you say it is a love they are like my family I think the the your description Jenny of what what friendship is that there's no expectation between all of you and and actually extending that to a kind of family there's going to be so many people listening to this podcast that are going to completely understand and really resonate 
with what you've all said about what it means to have people by your side through through especially hard times. Yeah, um, and another point, I just make one more point as well, sorry. Sometimes the way you feel, you might not want to tell your family. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't matter telling your friends, you know. It might be, obviously, a diagnosis like this affects all my family. And um, we're not all on the same him sheet let's put it that way in accepting what's happening to me um so there's certain conversations maybe i wouldn't have at home because i'd upset my family but it's okay to speak like mm. that with my friends absolutely natalie amanda and justine how do you feel about being a support for jenny and being there in a way that her family can't be I just think yeah we're there for Jenny we support her we give her advice when it's all MND related but I think as well it's nice to continue the relationship we've always had to have that laughs about our own little tribulations and Jenny's not the sort of person that doesn't want to hear what's going on in your life she still wants to hear everything and to bring the humour the humour's the massive thing the distraction mm -hmm. and just take her away from it even if it's just for a, a day an afternoon I know it's never gonna you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah I think you know I asked I asked the question um how do you feel your friendship has changed as a result of M&D but an equally important question is how do you feel your friendships and relationships have stayed the same regardless of M&D well for me it's it's stayed it's you know after like I said the initial but now after seeing her in November and then coming over again in February and seeing her in February, I was really worried about coming to see her in February because I thought I'd see, I didn't know whether I'd see a physical deterioration on her. And there's nothing in, in fact, to me, Jenny looked a whole lot better. She looked, you know, apart from her speech, like Amanda said, I wouldn't have known. And she couldn't put the roast potatoes in the oven, which was you know, <laughs> terrible. I had to help her do that, you know. But other than that, she, she, she was just exactly the same. You know, and for me personally, it was love. I'm, I'm glad I saw her in February because I was so worried after November mm. seeing her and how her mental health was, you know, she was struggling with that as well. And now seeing her a lot stronger in February. And yeah. time. she's not getting wrapped up in cotton wool with me, put it that way. <laughs> I think as well, our friendship goes back such a long way. It works both ways Jenny's very wise and she's got a way of looking at things that make you, that might make you think about things a little bit differently and she's always ready to listen to you and you know I think as you go through life you know how rare it is to have friends that you feel so close to um, and I feel really lucky to be to have these friends and to have Jenny as my friend. And uh, yeah, so as what's coming across between all of you is is genuinely there's a there's a huge amount of love and respect. Jenny, you you mentioned earlier that um, that some people may have kind of changed the way they behave with you, or they find it very difficult to broach subjects or not say anything at all. Is there any advice that 
that kind of you can give people that to make tips on how to maintain a friendship or with somebody that's that's been diagnosed with MND? Um, well, since I've been diagnosed, um, like I say, I have noticed some people um, haven't even acknowledged that I've been diagnosed because they probably don't know what to say. And these aren't just acquaintances. There's one particular really close friend that I would have expected to have heard from and I haven't. Um, and I kind of likened it a little bit to when you're grieving for someone because I've lost my dad and my brother in my adult life. And I can remember then there were sort of awkward moments where people didn't know what to say. And it's kind of similar with this diagnosis. And my advice would just be, um, there's no right thing to say because there are no words to give to somebody when they've been told they've got a terminal disease. So whatever you say will be appreciated. And the person that's got that diagnosis is not judging what you say. They're feeling the fact that you have actually said anything. So even if it's just, I'm really sorry to hear your news, but I don't know what else to Mm. say, that is enough. But I think not saying anything because you're scared, you might say the wrong thing is actually more hurtful. I get the impression that Amanda, Justine and Natalie have been great. Well, I know they've been great friends to you, Jenny. And so I wonder if I can now ask you all if you can give your tips on and how to be a a good friend, a great friend to somebody who's been diagnosed with MND. I just think just to let them know that you're here for them. I mean, I think my, my first message to Jenny I didn't I was actually at work as I say when I when I read that she'd been diagnosed so I was in floods of tears and I actually rang my husband and I I said I need to message her um and I think I just put I'm I'm here for you every step of the way and for your family obviously I was thinking about the children and what a shock this is for them and for Jenny's mum. Um, and, you know, I will support Jenny as, as much as I can, you know, whatever she needs. You know, I think all of us think we will we will be here for her and we'll do whatever we can. And also we want to make the most of whatever time you know we all have so we're going to Portugal in June and I know we're all really looking forward to that I'm not quite sure what the photographs are going to look like there will be no evidence <laughs> what happens in Portugal Amanda stays in Portugal <laughs> Yeah, that's the same. I'm just going to echo what Amanda says. Just be there for anybody that's got MD. If you live close to them, turn up on the doorstep. Don't say anything. Give them a hug. You know, just if you if your friends as close as we are, then you know. If I could have had the flu system like in Harry Potter, I'd have thrown it in the fire and I'd have been in Jenny's front room and given her a hug right there and then when I got the message. Mm. 
just want to be there to hold her hand and support her family, you know, support her mum. You know, Reggie's, like Jenny said, she's already lost her son and now her daughter's been diagnosed with terminal illness. You know, we've all grown up with Reggie in the background, you know. So just to be there for Jen and her family. Yeah. And I I know you will be. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we will. She's um, not getting rid of us. And, you know, that all of our little group, because obviously we couldn't all come on because there'd be too many of us. But I know that I can run all of the group for that. So my my last question, really, you, you've said you've got Portugal that you're all looking forward to. What other plans have you made as friends um, to, to get together? What are you looking forward to? Well, the fundraising is a good yeah, one. Yeah, we've got lots plans yeah. for the fundraising. yourself into fundraising for the MND. Obviously, it goes without saying, a lot of it is social events. So it, it, it it's great. It's another excuse for us all to get together and even with a wider audience. <laughs> yeah, I had, um, when I was first diagnosed, I did, I know, I did, I say there's some people that didn't say anything, but there's also lots of people that did say things. And mostly it was, what can we do? And at the time, straight after my diagnosis, I didn't even know what I could do, let alone anybody else. But since I've kind of got my head straight a bit more about it or what, I just know that I want to fundraise because as time goes by, I will be asking for more and more financial support from the MD Association. Like they funded my voice bank I've been doing a counselling trial that the MD, MD Association partly funded. So I'm already taking, so I want to give back. And we planned um, fundraising events. The first one was yesterday, which was a Pilates session that um, all my close, closer friends geographically attended, but Justine attended online from Dubai with her husband, Derek. Oh. And um, we're doing doing something all the way till October. Um, like, for example, we're doing a charity walk and Natalie and another friend from our group have been mapping out the route. Um, what else are we doing? We've got a pamper day. Oh, pamper day. Um, so lots of people have got in touch and said, you know, this is my skill set. I'm going to give it for that. Like Claire did yesterday, yeah. we've got a friend who's a Pilates teacher. So she did a Pilates session and we all donated and it was really yeah. lovely. Yeah, it was great. Oh, and the wild swim. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I started doing um, cold water sort of therapy, like wild swimming and things like that. So we're putting a wild swim on the events agenda, but wait until it gets really hot so the water won't be quite so cold. So we've got lots of things and all of those things I know for sure my friends will be experiencing with me. So mm. and Portugal um, holidays kind of like joint birthday present to us all because we've all got special birthdays. Either just passed or just come yeah. in. With um with the respect to fundraising, if there are any friends out there that are thinking what can they do, but they don't know Pilates or they, they're just one person but they still want to make a difference um, they can go on to the M&D Association website mm. and there's so many different events and ways to to get fundraising and as a fundraiser for the M&D Association I see how much it means to people affected by M&D mm. that their friends show it is a way of showing that they, that they mm. really care. 
Yeah, well, I did the 15,000 steps challenge in January um, on my own. Um, well, with my partner, actually did it with me. Um, and that gave me the idea of, because I've got such a lovely community of friends and I wanted the fundraising to be like community feel, which I think we're getting, aren't yeah, we? I yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. The Pilates hall was packed, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And it's really and it's really fun. And as you say, it's an opportunity to, to be social and get together. Mm. That's what it's all about, is the fun and the charity walk. And that, uh, me and my other friend are trying to get as many old familiar faces and to make it as much of a, a fun walk, taking in the two pubs on the way back, you know, as well as the fundraising. The fun's got to be in there. <laughs> Natalie's just organising a party, really. She's not organising a sponsored walk. <laughs> She's organising a pub crawl. Yeah, <laughs> they might lose me at the first pub. <laughs> and that You've sounds great to me. <laughs> Creating more stories and, and more memories as you go along. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Plenty sure. more stories to add to the three decades mm -hmm. of stories that you've already got. Is there anything else that you want to tell, tell anybody listening to this podcast about your friendship? I think I'm very blessed to have it because you look at some yeah. people and they, they haven't even got one best friend. And when you think I've got so many friends that I can turn to for different things that are happening, if if, if I don't want to join the big group chat, I can go to just one. And I think it is a big blessing because not everyone's mm -hmm. got that in life. And like Jenny touched on it earlier, you get so much more from it than your family and your, mm -hmm. your partners. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think because we've been friends for so long, um, we don't need to explain ourselves. No. We just get it. Yeah. Um, whereas sort of when you make newer friendships, maybe they're not aware of your past. Um, yeah. So if one of us reacts in a certain way, well, we know why they're reacting mm. that way because we know so much about them and we don't need to explain ourselves. So... I agree with Natalie, we really are lucky to have such, a, mm. you know, there's seven of us, but we're really tight-knit. Yeah. yeah. And um, I feel really privileged and grateful for this friendship group. Mm-hmm, me and, too. And yeah, definitely. Uh, and that they've lasted so long and that we're able to sort of push aside any little differences whereas you know a lot of people lose friendships over mm -hmm. those trivial things you know yeah mm -hmm. to accept each other for who we are and just yeah be those sort of relaxed chilled chilled friends we are <laughs> yeah and for me personally like when I was in my teens and that I it, I didn't really I wasn't really close to my family you know I was close to a couple of my brothers but my friends are my friends and mm. they've, they've been like my family throughout and I'm very blessed to have them and still continue to have them. And for me being so far away to still maintain that friendship with them, to me, I'm blessed with that, that they still include me in everything. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the same about you, Justine. I know. Well... <laughs> Thank you so, so much, Natalie, Justine, Amanda and Jenny for coming today and sharing your incredible friendship with us all. I know that what you have all shared today has provided us with a great insight into the importance of friendship, especially in allowing us a space to truly remain ourselves, even when faced with the toughest of challenges. 
So I wish you all the best with your fundraising and have a fabulous time in Portugal. I know it will be filled with so much laughter and memories. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank okay, you. thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you, Helen. Thank you. Bye. 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 You've been listening to MND Matters, a podcast from the MND Association. Find more information at mndassociation.org. If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this episode, contact our helpline MND Connect on 0808 802 6262 or email mndconnect at mndassociation.org.